Welcome in to the podcast for all fans of the best basketball league in the world. For the next 24 minutes, everything you need to know about the NBA is given to you in the simplest of ways, straight to the point. No overloads of stats or articles, just telling it like it is so that even a non-NBA fan becomes a fanatic. So get ready. Warm-ups just ended, and the possession arrow belongs to... And welcome back to another weekly edition of the Throwing Elbows podcast. I'm your guy, Eddie D. And, you know, when I first started this podcast, I was really excited for this time in the NBA season because if you are a frequent listener, you'll know my thoughts about this point in the NBA regular season that there's not much to talk about. So when there's not much to talk about, why not talk to somebody? And that somebody this week is a good friend of mine, former teammate of mine, actually, only for a season, but still a brother for life nonetheless, Mr. Kaysen Harrell an Indiana Purdue Fort Wayne graduate from their basketball program and now playing in Ireland or was playing in Ireland before obviously all this happened but hopefully that kind of success success can resume whenever the world kind of goes back to normal and he can continue his professional basketball career also uh, for a brief stint had a tryout with the NBA G League's Fort Wayne Mad Ants we'll get into that we'll talk about a lot of how his career has gone, but so far, Kaysen, I want to thank you for joining me today. Oh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And uh, it's always a pleasure. It was nice to have uh, Andrew Thomas as the first guest in this uh, show's history, and I could say the second one's just as good. So as I mentioned, we were teammates, and that's because we went to the same high school of Hempfield area, and you were a four-year starter, correct? Four-year starter at Hempfield? Yes, sir, four-year. So. Yep. In the majority, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but in the majority of those four years, you played the point guard position and was a major ball handler in your time in high school. Obviously, that's probably where you were most of your life growing up in the sport of basketball. And we'll get into why uh, the, the transition you had to go from point guard maybe to a more off-ball position in a little bit. But as, as long as I've known you, you've always had aspirations to play professionally, specifically the NBA. And that's the, you know, the threshold that everybody wants to get to. That's as talented as you are. And so when did it really become that aspiration for you? When did that become the dream that you wanted to play in the NBA? Is there any specific time you remember, any specific age you remember where you said, yes, this is what I want to try to do. I want to make it to the NBA. Um, honestly, I would say like probably when I was like seven or eight, when like me and my dad really started taking this seriously, um, those were, you know, that's when I started, you know, getting up early in the, on the weekends and going to the park for hours and just, you know, working on my game and stuff. And, um, just all the work that I was putting in and like, just seeing all the other people not really doing as much as I was at that age. Um, I really felt like, you know, at that point, like I could play in the NBA or even just play professionally. And, um, I mean, just from that point on, like, my focus was just, you know, I like to think different than a lot of kids um, where I was at. You know, um, you know, Saturday morning, kids are, you know, waking up, playing video games or watching cartoons or something like that, and I'm at the park by the time they're getting up. So, um, just, like, having that work ethic, having that focus, I just really felt like it, from that point on, it was like, okay, this is what I want to do. I want to play professional, and I want to try and make it to the NBA. I consider basketball for myself a hobby as far as watching it, consuming it, even playing it, you know, playing pickup and 
and things like that. But obviously when you take it that seriously, it's not, it doesn't become a hobby at that point. It's a passion. Is that a, a proper way to describe it? And when it is, if that is the right term, what the motivation just comes naturally, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, that, that's the perfect way to describe it as a passion. I mean, um, you know, most people think oh, it's like a job. Well, no, because a job is like something like you have to do. Basketball is something that I'm privileged to do, something that God blessed me to do at the level that he's, you know, helped me to do it at. And so, you know, when I think about it from that aspect, it's more of like an appreciation for, for, you know, for God basically giving me this gift to play. And, you know, from, from, from that point, it's like, okay, well, he gave me this gift and I have to work on it. I want to get better at it and I want to see where it can take me. So that's just where most of the motivation comes from, knowing that, you know, God gave me this gift that he didn't have to give me. And, you know, as an appreciation to him and thanking him for it, you know, I want to work on it and, you know, go as far with it as I can. So. Back to your high school days, one of the best players to come not only through Hemfield's doors and play on their hardwood, but in the WPIAL in itself. The Whippeal isn't necessarily a basketball outlet, I think, for a lot of people. Uh, you know, obviously, it's a football area, and especially from that high school aspect. So basketball kind of take a back seat, but there were a lot of talented individuals around your time in high school, guys by the name of Matt, Matthew McConnell. Yeah, he – I mean, his brother's pretty good, I'd say, too. But that's no disrespect to Matt. Matt was also a very good player. You went head-to-head -head with him a few times. Uh, please yeah. forgive me. I, I know you're good friends with him. Uh, Damian Harris from uh, Gateway? Is that his name? Daylon, yeah. 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 Daylon, I know. He, Daylon, yeah. He, he was very good. Uh, there was a lot of talent throughout your four years. What was the hardest uh, matchup? And did you ever find yourself comparing yourself – to those around you in the area, especially when, which we'll get into the next question, recruiting aspect. Did you ever find yourself comparing? Um, I would say more of like my freshman or my sophomore year, um, because I was playing against guys that I had known that I've been watching since I was in like fifth, sixth grade. And at that point, when I was coming into the, to, to the high school aspect, they were on their way out. So I was trying to kind of see where I was matched up with them. Like, for example, um, my freshman year, we played against Plum, and they had a kid on their team named, named uh, Nolan Kressler, who actually ended up going to Vanderbilt to play uh, college ball. And I'm, I think he – I'm not sure if he played overseas or not. I know his brother did, but I'm not sure if he did. I think he did. But, um, I mean, when we played against him, I mean, I was just like – I was just like in awe because like I've been watching this dude for years and now I get to play against him in a varsity game. And it was, you know, it was crazy. Um, I would say also my sophomore year, we played against uh, Shaler when they had uh, my boy Gino Thorpe, who actually ended up going to Penn State and playing. And then he transferred to South Florida. Um, another guy that I've been watching for years. Um, so there were definitely some moments when I was comparing myself to, to other people for sure. And then kind of like when my junior and senior year kind of came around and I, you know, I had to take a lot more of the workload, a lot more responsibility. Like I just kind of started looking at the college picture and comparing, and comparing myself to those guys and seeing where they were at as far as where I was at. And then, you know, when I got to college, it was the exact same thing. I was comparing myself to pro guys. So it's like I always wanted to compare myself to people like way low, like levels ahead of me. 
so that I could try and get, you know, just add that motivation, add that, that fuel to that, that passion, uh, just so I would work that much harder to try and get to that level. And I mean, for me, it's like, you know, if I, when I do get like successful, it's like, okay, like now, now like what's next, you know, who else can I look my, you know, look up to. So it's like an ongoing process. There was never a point where I just like stopped comparing myself to other people. Um, like even today, like I'm still comparing myself to like guys in the league and just kind of seeing where they're at versus where I'm at. And that just makes me work that much harder to try and get to that level. Interesting. And so whenever you become that upperclassman in high school, obviously someone of your stature had to go through the recruiting process. And while you weren't recruited by uh, at least any major top five uh, power programs, uh, you ended up at Indiana Purdue Fort Wayne, which is a division one program in, uh, what, uh, what is the conference? Forgive me. So we were in the Summit League when I was there. That's it. And then That's it. The, after, the year after I left, they switched to the Horizon. That's right. I do remember seeing that. I think that, that was my confusion. I didn't know if they had before you, before or after you left. So I didn't know if there was that uh, switch over there. So in your time at IPFW, yeah. you had signature wins, a few. And, uh, you know, two of which coming against one of the most prestigious overall programs in college basketball history, that being Indiana University. One of those games you had, I believe, was it 28? It was 28 points, right? Yeah, I, 28, 28 against them my junior year. Was, is that a career high for you in college? In college, yeah. Yeah, that was my career high, 28. So all of that had to come with the, the right recruiting process to get you there. What was it about IPFW that – made you say yeah this is where I think I need to take my next steps to possibly try to get to the professional level well I've been on a few visits um that summer going into my senior year of high school and I mean I just didn't really feel like a, a connection like with myself and the school um I really got to meet any of the players I didn't get to meet the head coach at a lot of these visits um, and I just, like, I wasn't feeling it. So, like, by that time, like, when, when IPFW came into the picture, like, I didn't know they were Division One at the time, which was crazy. So, I really didn't give them that much interest at first. It was actually my dad that got me interested because he started doing the research for me. And I remember, like, one night he was like, hey, they're playing on ESPN right now. They're, they're trying to play to get to, into the NCAA tournament. I was like, wait, what? And so I watched the game and they almost won. And I was like, oh my gosh, like they're actually they're actually a pretty, you know, pretty decent school. So I like I researched them a little bit more. I started talking to the coaches a lot more. And then on my visit, like it was like the craziest visit I'd ever been on. Like I got to meet the coaches, I got to meet the players, I got to practice with them. We, you know, we got to hang out, you know, we got we went out to eat and stuff. And like they made me feel like I was on the team before. I, I mean, I'm not even committed yet. And they're making me feel like I'm a teammate of theirs. And I just remember, like, it was the first visit that I went on where I actually did not want to leave. Like, I, I loved it that much. Like, I actually did not want to go home. So I remember, like, being in the car, like, thinking about it, like, really, like, like thinking about, like, everything I'd heard, everything I'd seen. And literally the moment we pulled into our driveway, I told my mom and dad, I'm like, I think I want to come in here. And, like, I remember they were – they definitely loved, like, the school. They definitely loved the environment. So they felt like I was making the right decision. 
And, uh, like, as soon as we got in the house, I called uh, the head coach, John Kaufman, and I told him, Coach, I want to commit. And it just kind of went from there. And you were a Mastodon. Uh, real quickly, what, what were some of the other schools at the time uh, that you had interest in or had interest in you? So I had actually, the, like, I think a few weeks before I went to Indiana Purdue Fort Wayne, I went to uh, Navy and visited there. Um, I really wasn't. I really wasn't trying to go to like a military school. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just feel like it was going to be hard to balance. So I, I, um, I kind of told them no, like kind of right off the bat. <laughs> um, and then in the summertime, I went and visited um, University of North Carolina at Wilmington. And that was actually going to be my first choice. Um, but they actually gave my scholarship away like right before I was getting ready to commit. So – Wow. Right after them uh, was when uh, Fort Wayne came to the picture. Yeah, it, it was it was crazy. It was crazy. Huh. And then, correct me if I'm wrong, I, I UNC Wilmington is – they've been in the tournament a few times in the 2000, in the 2010s, I think, right? I know UNC yeah, Asheville my, had two. So after my freshman year – yeah, after my freshman year, actually, they made it to the NCAA tournament and played – I think they played Duke in the first round that year. Mm-hmm. That so they, they definitely they got there. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, they're they they were a really good program. You know. I mean, well, I mean, sadly enough, that was something that you didn't have the pleasure of doing at IPFW and that making the NCAA tournament. But still, I think something that you can love about basketball and college basketball. I don't really talk about it on here because it's an NBA podcast, but. We see it in the NBA. There are those instances of players from smaller conferences. I think the most notable one is Damian Lillard, obviously. Uh, so. Honestly, there is no. Obviously, it's it's you get the the major players going to the major schools. That happens all the time, and that happens in in a pretty much all college athletics. But you do see those instances where small school guys, if they're talented enough, if they work hard enough, they can make it there. So, IPFW, what out of your four years? Uh, actually, before we get to that, I meant to ask you. I mentioned how you were pretty much a point guard in high school, and you didn't correct me. So when you got to IPFW, you – and also correct me if I'm wrong here, position change, you became more of a shooting guard wing type player off ball for the most part, at least on offense, obviously. What kind of an adjustment was that? And were you open to it at first? Were you kind of saying this is out of my comfort zone and this might not be what fits – this is not how you get the most out of me as a player? What, what was your reaction to that kind of that position change when you got there? Um, honestly, like when I, my first day, like, like my first day, like in, in the summertime, um, I, I completely realized like, I'm you know, I'm playing against a whole different group of players. Like, you know, in the Whippeo, like, you know, you're like, the guys are, I mean, you have some good players, but for the most part, guys, you know, aren't that skilled, you know, they're not crazy athletic, you know, they're not crazy. Um, you know, their IQ isn't, you know, isn't super high on the basketball side I mean in the in college I mean every guy was the best player on their high school team so like I had to make such an adjustment and when I found out I was going to be playing off the ball I actually was like kind of relieved I was I was actually kind of relieved because like playing off the ball like 
you get opportunity to get more shots. You know, what I mean, you don't have as much responsibility like as a point guard does. And I'll be, I'll be honest, I wasn't, I wasn't built for as, to be a point guard in college. I, I just, I wasn't. Um, my freshman year, I was not. So when they told me to play off the ball, I was very open to it. I mean, at that point, I was like, I'll play anywhere. You know, if, as long as I get on the floor, I'll, you know, I'll do whatever. So I had to really work on my shot that um, that that off season. Really working on my three point shooting and. Um, you know, from that point on, you know, that's kind of where I made my mark was, was shooting the ball. So, um, was I open to playing off the ball? Most definitely. Most definitely. Because we had guys that could get me the ball and I was not worried about it at all. So I was very open to it. And it resulted in some memorable moments for sure. Uh, in your time at IPFW, you got more minutes progressively from your freshman year all the way to being a starter for your last two or three seasons. Two? Three. Three. Okay, I thought you started your sophomore year, but I wasn't sure. So whether it was losing a tooth against Kentucky, whether it was, as we mentioned prior, uh, scoring 28 points against Indiana, what was your best memory uh, in your time at IPFW? Man. Well, I I mean, I have to say my sophomore year beating Indiana when they were ranked. I mean, that was like – that was one of the biggest moments of my college career. Ranked um, number three at the didn't time. Didn't know I was going to start that game. Ended up starting. You didn't know you they were going to start? Yeah, my sophomore year, we played them right after – they had actually just beaten – I didn't know. I did not know. Um, I had started the game before um, – because I didn't start our first two games. Our first two uh, games of regular season, I didn't start. Um, and then I started the game before we played Indiana and we won. So I thought I was just going to be like the sixth man again. And um, we walked into the locker room after, you know, right before warm-ups, and I see my name on the top, on the starting five. And I was like, oh, my. <laughs> like, I was, I, was, I was freaking out. Like, it was, like, it was crazy. Um, but being able to be in that game and then hit, you know, hit a big shot in overtime to put us ahead for good, I mean, mm-hmm. like, I don't think anything's going to compare to that for a while. I mean, that was that was a very amazing moment for me. And what made it even better was, you know, having my mom and dad being able to drive up and see it mm-hmm. uh, in person. So it was it, it was it was just an amazing time, amazing night. I'll, I'll never forget that. That was a home game for you guys too, right? That wasn't at Indiana, if I remember correctly. No, it was it was at our uh, our Coliseum, but we That's had right. like most of the people in Fort Wayne are Indiana fans, so like. It was almost like the building was like almost like all red. Like it felt like an away game, but it wasn't. I mean, hey, packed house is a packed house. So that that's certainly uh, – I knew that was going to be oh, – yeah. I, I didn't know if you were going to choose that Indiana game or the other Indiana game where you had your career high. And, and even though they weren't ranked especially as highly as they were the first time, they weren't ranked at all, I don't think. But still, that's a Big Ten program on the road and a, in a, fa- a facility like that. Uh, with so much history. I mean, you're playing on the same hardwood that had a chair thrown at it by Bobby Knight. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure that ranks up there as well. Oh, for sure. I mean, they had actually just beaten uh, Notre Dame right before they played us, and Notre Dame was ranked fifth. So they, so both times we played them, they were coming off of, like, really big wins. And that game especially, like, we dominated them, like, for, mm-hmm. like, 30 out of 40 minutes of that game. Um, so, I mean, that's like a close second, but Mm -hmm. I mean, 
beating someone that's number three in the country, um, that's that's kind of hard to top. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. It I'm was sure. just an amazing time. Especially being a sophomore. You know, you like you said, you <laughs> not knowing the start and that kind of a, the adrenaline, I'm sure. By the time you're a senior, you're you're solidified starter. You're a team leader at that point. You know – you know, the situation, the environment you're going into. So I'm sure the adrenaline probably added to that moment when you were a sophomore a little bit more. One of the big reasons why you guys were able to pull off both of those wins was a guy by the name of John Conchar, who was in your class, was a classmate of yours, was a backcourt mate of yours as well, even though he was uh, six foot five, I believe, right? And played the point guard position. Yeah, six five. He was on ball a lot when I watched yep. you guys play. And now, correct me if I'm wrong, he's still with the Memphis Grizzlies from my research, correct? Yep, he is playing with the Grizzlies still. Just signed a four-year, $9 million contract. How cool is that to – I mean, talk about being with him, practicing alongside him, and the things you've picked up from him uh, and, and what he brought to the table. Because obviously your games are a lot different just based on the positions you were asked to play and your physical attributes and the strengths of each of your games. Talk about what it was like and what you picked up from him. I mean, me and him, both were guys that were under-recruited. You know, both of us were, you know, passed over by a lot of, by a lot of schools. Um, Notre Dame actually, like, basically threw him to, to, to Fort Wayne because they basically said, like, here, we don't want him. You guys can take him. And, I mean, boy, we get a steal. I mean, mm-hmm. he is hands down, I mean, one of the best players I've ever played with. I mean, from a IQ perspective, I mean, he his IQ is almost unmatched. Um, as far as, like, knowing how to kick guys the ball, knowing where to be at on defense, you know, rebounding, blocking shots, like, that all takes IQ. I, I mean, he has so he, – he has one of the highest IQs I've ever, I've ever seen. Um, the jump that he made from his his freshman year when he actually redshirted, um, I mean, he he gained like I think like forty or fifty pounds of muscle in like less than like a year, and I mean, when I saw him on my visit first versus like my first day when I saw him on campus, like when I actually was a part of the team, I mean, it, it, he was a completely different person, and I mean, watching him my freshman year just go from a red shirt to one of the best players in the country. I mean, it was, it, it was crazy. And then just every year he just jumped. And honestly, he's part of the reason why I worked so hard because I wanted to get to where he was at. He pushed me without even knowing that he pushed me um, every single day, whether it was in the weight room, whether it was a shooting workout, you know, whether we, we were going against each other in practice, like he pushed me. And I don't even think he knew he was pushing me. And I mean, even today, watching him get a four million, a four-year, nine million dollar contract in the league. I mean, that just motivates me to, to try and get right there with him. Um, like we were talking about earlier, like guy, you know, do I, you know, compare myself to other people? He's one that I still compare myself to because like I want to get to where he's at. So I mean, I'm so happy for him. Like I'm, I'm proud to say that I played with, I played with him for for four years. Um, I'm proud to say that we. You know, we shared some great memories together. We're actually roommates my first two years, um, which was which is another thing I can I can brag about to people. But I mean, there you go. Yeah. You know, it, I'm just you know I'm I'm so happy for him. I'm, I'm you know 
words can't express how proud I am of him. And I'm, I'm happy I'm, I'm, I'm friends with him. Certainly a neat little aspect to come along. And that just goes back to what I said before about NBA players can come from anywhere in the country. And that's a, that's a perfect example. And hopefully you become one as well. Uh, that would be even better. I, I, I have, uh, where's the program? I don't even know if I have the, the program is framed right ne- right next to me right here. And it's, and it's the program from your senior year. And I'm standing, I don't know if you remember this, I'm standing right next to you in the picture because, you know, they just went by height and we're both about six, three, six, four. And I'm standing right next to you. And right before they take the picture, I mean, right before I said, I whispered to you, I went, Hey, can you make the NBA so I could show my kids this one day? <laughs> and then I think the whole team accidentally heard it <laughs> and, and we got a good laugh out of it. But, um, but still, those aspirations are obviously still there, and that's part of the reason why you ended up playing in Ireland uh, before all of this con- this whole chaos ensued. What was that like? Your first exposure to professional basketball in a season setting, and it's another step up. I, yeah, it's another step up, and it's another level of competition, I'm sure. Describe what the change of competition was like, what the atmosphere of being overseas, away from everything you know, the culture that you learned about. I mean, it had to be just a whirlpool of new experiences for you to take in, I'm sure. Man, uh, that was probably one of the hardest transitions I've ever had to make. Um, I thought the transition from college, from high school to college was going to be hard. I mean, from living in America to, li- to moving to another country is probably 10 times harder. Um, I mean, the times, I mean, that my first, I think my first like few weeks there, I couldn't sleep because my body just wasn't adjusted to the time change. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I was staying up to like three or four in the morning because like in my mind, it's like 11 o'clock at night. And I mean, it was, it was wild. Um, but I mean, the people there in Ireland were so amazing. I mean, they, they helped me out so much, um, just getting adjusted, you know, knowing where everything's at, knowing how things operate. Um, my teammates were super helpful. I mean, I had some of the best teammates out there. Um, I was actually the youngest teammate, the youngest person on the team, um, or second to youngest, I think, but I mean, 22 or 23 by that point. I was 23 by that point. I okay. think the youngest that we had on our team, I think the youngest we had on our team had just turned 21. Um, but, I mean, I felt like the rookie um, on that team. And, I mean, they they treated me like I was, you know, like I was family almost. And, I mean, when I'm playing on a team, like, that's what I like. I like playing with a team that, you know, that gets along on and off the court. And that's, that's how it was. Um my coaching staff was really helpful. I mean, they, you know, they helped me out, you know, not just with basketball, but just getting around and getting adjusted. Um, and also, um, oh, hey, bud. Come enjoy my interview. Oh, let's go. But um, go to Pupper. <laughs> always, yeah, we're we always uh, fans oh, of dogs on the, on the podcast. For our podcast yeah. listeners, this, it's, it's a shame you won't be able to see yeah. this. We got a German Shepherd there. Shepherd. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. He is a good boy. <laughs> but, yeah, um, I mean, I mean, as far as the basketball transition, I mean, 
you, I mean, Eddie, you probably know this. The game in our the overseas game is so much more physical than it is in 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 the U.S. I mean, hmm. when you're talking about how over here, if you literally breathe on someone, it's a foul. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fouls over there had to be so obvious. Like, I I remember one time, and I'll never forget this. I went up for a dunk. This dude literally clipped me from behind from my knees. And there's actually have a picture of it. The ref is actually standing like right there and doesn't call it, doesn't call the foul. And I remember thinking like, oh my goodness, like this is just, this is just different. Like it was crazy. Um, Pace is is crazy. I mean, up and down, up and down, consistent ball pressure. Like Hmm. it was just, it was just crazy. But I mean, once I got adjusted to it, I mean, the, the game, I mean, the game just kind of came natural. I mean, my average went up. Um, my scoring average went up. I just started getting more comfortable in the flow of the game. And, you know, we went from a team that was like 0-5 or 0-6 whenever I got there to a team that was in a position to make uh, the playoffs uh, right before COVID hit and everyone got sent home. But it was just an amazing uh, – it was just an amazing experience. Um, you know, I'm thankful for Colester for allowing me to play there. And, I mean – who knows? I mean, I could end up back there, and I definitely would not be upset at that at all. I would definitely not mind going back there for another season. Hmm. Interesting. That that that's kind of odd. Uh, and for those listening, and that don't know either, Kason or myself, when he says Eddie, you know this. I, I have absolutely no experience playing at that level whatsoever. But I don't. <laughs> but. Um, I think he he's, he's referring to the fact that I was a big man when I did play basketball, so I know what it's like what it's like to be have to play physical. But yeah, I mean that's a little surprising. Was it? Uh, were you kind of looked at odd if you complained for a foul? If or not complained, but if you want if you rallied for a foul and when it was super obvious, but to them it might have just been like, oh, that's just like. To them, to them, getting ch- clipped from behind, going up for a dunk is like a hand check to us. Like, did you ever get that sort of, hey man, that's just how it is over here, or did you get it like a funny look, like, why are you complaining? Why, why are you, you know, lobbying for a foul there? Was there ever that? I mean, there was a few times where that happened, um, but I mean. Anytime, like, if I, like, if I, like, if I, like, said something to the ref and then I look over and I saw my coach saying something to the ref, I was like, okay, then that must be a foul then. Okay. But <laughs> if I looked over and, like, if I said something and if I said something and I looked over and he was just had, like, the straight face, I was like, okay, I got to play through that. Like, that, you know, that wasn't a foul apparently. Um, like, I'm not you usually think that made to, you like, playing the referees. Oh, big time. Uh, big time. Big time. Um, when I came back to U.S., I, like, I was I was so much more accustomed to like playing physical and stuff like it, it really didn't bother me and honestly it just made me realize like hey like I have a long way to go as far as like my body goes so I have to get stronger I have to get you know more athletic I have to work on that kind of stuff and I mean uh, that's basically what I've been doing since I've been home is just working on my body and just working on my game. So the last real development uh, in your time post IPFW was a chance. Uh, a tryout with the G League team in the same location, the Fort Wayne Mad Ants, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong. That's the Indiana Pacers affiliate, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Pacers. That's what I thought. And so, initially, uh, and please, like I said before, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, I thought that 
you were maybe in a position to make the team, but then that fell through and that's how you ended up in Ireland. Um, just talk about what, what was your mindset like throughout the whole time? What were some of the other guys, I mean, that you were trying out with, uh, I mean, that that's the, you know, the first, that's the doorstep. That's, that's the gates to the first exposure to what you aspire for. And it just doesn't work out. What, what was that like to, to go through that whole experience and ultimately just have it not quite work out for you? What was that like? Um, I just remember when my agent um, told me about the, tri- <clears throat> told me about the tryout. Um, Cause I had to go through an open tryout before I could um try and make the training camp roster. And I remember like going through the train, the going through the tryout, you know, I, I came home and I ultimately got the call from my agent, like, Hey, they invited you to come to training camp. And I mean, I was like ecstatic, like sure. out of like, there was over like 200, there was like over 200 some people there and they only took two guys. And the fact that me and my boy DJ, who actually I played against in college, he actually went to IUPUI and we played against each other um, a few times uh, while we were in college. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact that we made it, I was like, I mean, that was nothing but God. I mean, I, I was so grateful. I was so happy. But also, like, while I was home, I was like, I have to work, like, crazy. Like, my, my, my work ethic just bounced up. Like, I'm like, I can't blow this opportunity. So when I got to training camp, I felt ready. Like, I really felt ready. I, like, my health-wise, I was good. Um, confidence-wise, I was, you know, I was ready. And, I mean, the guys that were there, I mean, you're talking about a guy like Hashim Sabi, who I was watching playing in college when I was in the sixth grade. Um, Brian Bowen, who, you know, was one of the best high school players in the country while I was in Indiana. I mean, I've been watching him for years, too. Uh, Naz Long played at uh, Finley Prep High School, won a national championship, um, went to Iowa State. I mean, these were guys that I had watched for years. And to, to share the floor with them, was like it was mind-blowing like it, like it was insane sure um and that was like an everyday thing I'm, I'm playing against these guys every single day and I just remember like after like my first day um I just really came I went back to my hotel room and I was like I actually think I can make this team like I was I was right there with all of them like I I feel like I held my ground and I mean my coaches were saying nothing but good things um and then the first, they, you know, they had the first cut after that week, and I made it past the first cut. And I was like, wow, like, I really, like, I think I'm going to make this team. I remember calling my parents, like, I think I'm going to make this team. Like, I really feel like I can make this team. And then literally, Eddie, it was the day before the first game. This is like the last possible cut they made. And the, the GM comes into the locker room, and he's like, Kaysen, can you please come into my office? And I was like, oh. Like, I hope this isn't what I think it is. And he brought me in and he said, you know, we thank you, you know, for your time, but we're going to go in a different direction. And I just, uh, it, it, it hurt. It did. It, it, it did hurt really bad. Cause like, this was something like I really, really wanted. And I felt like I had really just given it my all, but you know, I wasn't going to pout about it. I wasn't going to cry. I wasn't going to make a bunch of excuses. And, you know, ultimately I just, you know, I didn't do enough. And, you know, I, I stayed an extra night to watch my boys play, uh, you know, my Fort Wayne guys play. Then I came home the following morning, and I was right back in the gym that night. I mean, I, there was literally, like, as soon as I came off the road, I was right back in the gym. Um, but just going through that whole experience, like, 
it was disappointing for it to fall through in the end, you know, because I wanted to make the team. But at the same time, like, it just added more motivation. Like, hey, you know, I have a long way to go, and I got to keep working. And, you know, literally, like, a few days after I came back from Fort Wayne for the tryout was when Colester called me and offered me the job down there. And I ultimately ended up taking that job. So it was, it was like – it was a smooth transition right into Ireland. And, um, I mean, it ended up working out. So I'm not giving up on it, yo, or not giving up on it, though. Um, you know, I'm still working. I'm still, you know, still trusting God to make something happen for me. And, um, you know, I'm still confident that I can end up on a G League roster. You know, maybe not this year, but maybe next year or the year after. Oh, for uh, sure. Whenever, whenever it is. For sure. And then those – obviously those overseas connections uh, – it's just – it doesn't hurt, um, I'm sure. And you're only, what, 25, 24? 24. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, you know, not certainly not being an old man by any stretch of the imagination. So uh, that's, that's where things are at right now for Mr. Harrell. And, you know, if COVID being as bad as it's been, if it's brought any uh, positivity, it's been the fact that we've been able to have him back around the Greensburg area. And now uh, in the coaching ranks, uh, coaching ninth grade uh, at a great local Greensburg, uh, Greensburg Central Catholic High School. So that's a, I'm sure that's a neat little wrinkle for you as well. No, yeah. Um, it's, it's been amazing. Uh, just being on, like, this side of the game uh, as opposed to the playing side, I mean, it's you, you definitely learn a lot. Um, you learn a lot of patience. You learn a lot of, uh, <laughs> you know, a lot of uh, building up. You know what I mean? I mean – I remember after my first day of practice, I called – I remember I texted my one of my assistant coaches in Fort Wayne, and I said, I am so sorry for all the crap that I put you through my four years because I'm coaching now, and I understand, like, how like how frustrating it can be at times. But, I mean, I have a great group of kids. I mean, they're, they're all hungry to learn. They all listen. I mean, they all come to practice. They work hard. And, I mean, we don't – I mean, we're, we're two and four right now. Um, you know, not over 500, but you know what? We, we've competed every single game. So, I, I mean, I have no regrets about, about coaching this group of kids. Um, but, no, it's, it's, it's been a lot of fun for sure. I've definitely been enjoying it. That's good to hear. Uh, it's nice to know that there's still that basketball fix in another aspect. And, obviously, you're still working and being in the gym as much as anybody I've ever met. And that's – and by a long shot. That's, and I, there's a lot of people that work hard at their uh, respected uh, professions. And I'd like to think of myself as one of them. I have a lot of colleagues from within the communications field that does the same thing. But, you know, it's just as far as someone that works as hard at, at their craft or what they want to make out of their lives – I can honestly say that Kaysen Harrell is probably the person I've seen work the hardest to get where he wants to go. And I'm a firm believer that hard work pays off. And I know Kaysen and his whole family are too. So I, I'd like to say, I'm not going to say I know, but I'm 99.9% sure that Kaysen Harrell is going to make the most of a basketball life that he's really made for himself right now. So we've gone through the, the nice interview, the nice catching up process with Mr. Harrell. I, because he's here, and I kind of want to make this a staple of guests that I have here, it's a fun game that we're going to try. It's 20 questions, but basketball NBA related, and I'm going to 
lay out the rules for you right now. And I've already briefly explained them to Kaysen, but there's one thing I've left out and I specifically want to get his reaction on recording. So for the first time, just so he knows the stipulation. So the rules go as follows. As I said, it's 20 questions. So I have an NBA player in my mind. I have an NBA player in my mind. And the reason why I'm tailoring it to each guest is that knowing my guests, I know that Kaysen is a big North Carolina Tar Heels fan. I know he's a big Tar Heels guy. Michael Jordan is our guy. And, but it's not Michael Jordan. I'll tell you that for, uh, first and foremost. That'd be too easy. But I have a famous, <laughs> Yeah, I was going to guess it probably yeah, yeah. isn't Michael Jordan. <laughs> probably not. But I have a famous <laughs> UNC alum who did play in the NBA. So in 20 questions or less, yes or no, Kaysen has to figure out who the player is. I'll explain to those listening, just like I explained to Kaysen. If the player was to be Michael Jordan, Kaysen would ask me questions such as something like, did he play in college? Yes. Was he an NBA all-star? Yes. Is he a current player? No. So that's just also giving Kaysen a little bit of a help as to what kind of questions maybe to ask to get to the conclusion. And I think this is fun, too, because if you're listening, you could play along as well and see if you can get it before Kaysen does. Now, if Kaysen can guess this player before he reaches 20 questions, keep in mind, he doesn't have to ask all 20. If he thinks he has it at seven, he can guess. But if he guesses incorrectly, that takes off a question. So if he guesses wrong at 11 questions to go, then he only has 10. Now, if I can get Kaysen to go down to zero, he doesn't get the stipulation prize. But if Kaysen can guess who I have in my head in, under, in 20 questions or under, and I'll hold this not only to myself, but I'm sure Zach Irwin, our buddy, will listen, and I'm sure our other buddy Joel Trenton will listen. And I know you have a strict diet to keep, but the next time – and it's been too long, so hopefully this speeds up this process – the next time we make a trip to Buffalo Wild Wings in Greensburg, I will, I will pay for your meal if you can get it. As a thank you, oh, man. As a thank you for coming <laughs> on to the podcast and as a prize for winning the game. So that's what's at stake, and I'll keep myself to it. But <laughs> here we go. So I have the player listed and accolades and such, and I have my tracker. So fire away whenever you're ready as to who you might assume it is. All right. Um, did he play in the 80s? No. No, he did not. Okay. Um, was, he an, was he an NBA All-Star? I, let me check. I don't believe he was. No. Okay. Did he win a championship with North Carolina? Yes. Okay, won a championship. Okay. Um, won a championship. Okay. Uh, did he win an NBA championship? No. Not win an NBA championship. 
Um, did he play in the Eastern Conference? Yes. Is he a point guard? No. Point guard. You had an idea there, but I think I just I, – I feel like you had yeah. someone in your head. Yeah, I did. That, 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 that killed me. Dang it. Okay. Um, how many questions am I at, Eddie? For this, you are at six questions asked. So you have 14 uh, to your okay. disposal. Okay, okay. Um, was he an NBA – I don't know if I asked this already. Did, was he an NBA All-Star? Did I ask you, are, you already asked that, and I – and no. I did. So no, I won't count that, but so, yeah, no. Okay. So he was a – he won a championship, was an NBA All-Star. Was he a center? No. <sighs> wasn't a center. Man. Um, man, this is actually kind of tough. I told you, it's. Um, I, I'm not going to make this too easy. Did he play for Roy Williams? Yes. Okay, so we won a championship under Roy Williams. Yes. That that means it could either be two thousand. No, could be ninety three actually. Two thousand five, two thousand nine, two thousand seventeen. Was he a first round draft pick? Yes. He was a first round draft pick. You're at eleven. I'm at eleven. Well, you've okay. asked. You've asked. Uh, yeah, nine questions. Oh, so, so, so you I, have eleven more to. So I have eleven go. left. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um. Did he play for multiple NBA teams? Let me double check here. Yes. Okay. He won a championship. Played for multiple NBA teams. You're halfway home. You're at 10. All right. Okay. And you said and I and you said he hasn't won a championship? He has not. Let me just, I'm just making sure. Yeah, he has not won an NBA championship. Okay. So that cuts out my first guess. Um let's see. Trying to think. Um was he a power forward? Yes. Okay. Um, did he win a championship in 2009 with he North did. Carolina? He did. Oh, Psycho T. Tyler Hansborough. You got it. Tyler Hansborough with Woo! seven oh, questions man. to spare. And there you go. That's how you, that's how you do it, folks. That's how you win it. I didn't, I didn't try to make that one. He's not as prominent, certainly, as he was in college, as at least in the NBA. But, yes, Tyler yeah. Hansborough, one of the he's best still, Tar Heels. He's still, he's still one of the best. He's one of the best Tar Heels of all time. One of the best Tar Heels of all time, easily. And he's actually in the Chinese Basketball Association right now for the Sichuan Blue Whales. 
So oh. there, so there, a little fun fact for you, things you didn't know. But oh, okay. well, <laughs> so, well, I mean, that, there you go. That gives a little bit more motivation for us to to actually meet up whenever all this clears and and uh, I, I owe Definitely. you more. So we'll be able to. Don't, and like I said, our friends will certainly hold me to it. And I'm a man of my word. So, But I cannot thank you enough uh, for taking the time out of your busy schedule. And, and like I said, you know, it's, it's all about work with Case and Harold. So it's a, it's a privilege whenever I get a chance to talk to him, especially about basketball. One of the best minds I've ever met. And also, more importantly, one of the better people I've met as well. Case, thank you so much uh, for taking the time. Tell the family I said hello, and I hope all is well. And uh, hopefully, and I'm, I'd like to think, this won't be the last time I have you on this podcast. Uh, but for now, thank you. I appreciate it. Oh, Eddie, thank you so much, man. I've, it's been a while since I've seen you. Um, I miss you, man. And I can't wait to, can't wait to hang out again with the crew. The feeling is certainly mutual. I miss you as well, Kaysen, and uh, hopefully, like I said, we'll be able to speak in person. Uh, but for now, sign of the times, we did what we could, and I thought we did a uh, pretty good job of it. Very good guests in Mr. Kaysen Harrell. And uh, be sure to check back every week of the NBA regular season for more content on here. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from, Anchor as well. And uh, for next time, for Kaysen Harrell and myself, Eddie D., that just about does it. Well, looks like the shot clock has expired. Never miss an episode of Throwing Elbows with me, Eddie D. The NBA podcast by the unlikely NBA guy can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other major podcast outlets. You can also find today's episode on YouTube. Search Throwing Elbows with Eddie D. Click on the first playlist you see. When the league's in season, so am I, as I'll be putting out new episodes every week of the NBA season. Be sure to come back next time to see what we got coming out of this timeout.